Hello and welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffone alongside Tyler Gaines. Ellis Danny Shimon will be joining us in just a minute. The Bears fall to the Giants 20-12 to in a game where the only times where it wasn't boring is when it was frustrating. So <laughs> there are a lot of things that go over in this game. A lot of struggles, a lot. Just, just overall poor football against a, a adequate a other team that is also not that great. I think that's what probably made it very frustrating was there's this is a game that you should win. The game the Giants are not that good, but neither are the Bears. And they were uh exposed on a few fronts today. Uh Jenna, let's go around the horn with some initial takeaways. Uh Danny, since you just jumped in, we'll start with you. Initial takeaways of this game. Yeah, like I said, it was just two bad offenses, two two teams that are in a rebuilding stage uh, that are just, you know, struggling to get they put points on the board. And, and at one point the, the Giants came down with with no quarterbacks. Both their quarterbacks got hurt. And they're just running, you know, wildcat, and they're and they're kind of disappointingly, they're kind of marching down the field and got themselves into field goal range, uh, you know, against this Bears defense. So, you know, initially first half defense wasn't be able to do anything in terms of the run game. They made Daniel Jones look like Lamar Jackson out there. You know, uh, none of them were be able to come down and, and and set the edge there and play sound fundamental defense. And then, and then the Bears, you know, offensively they made some progress today because you know they they had some nice drives. They're 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 pretty decent on third downs. But unfortunately, again, we saw some throws where Justin just didn't pull the trigger on. The, the, the one that pops to the top of my head is, is the one to Cole Komet in the flat. Uh, Komet might not have scored, but he's a big guy. And there's a defender behind him. He could have broken a tackle. He could have at least gotten us closer to the, to the end zone. Uh, the, the big thing, though, for me is offensively is that progress was made, but you can't keep getting field goals. You, you got to get into those scoring, those red zones. You got to convert those into touchdowns. And quite frankly, yeah, you know, Badger was, was a nice uh, – you know, a nice story today, kicking four field goals, but, you know, they convert two of those into touchdowns and you come out a winner in, in today's game. So, you know, progress is made, not enough yet. Still some work to be done, a lot of work to be done, you know, in terms of the offensive line, in terms of Justin, in terms of the receivers. Dante Pettis had a big third down in his hand there, but I mean, a huge conversion, drops it. So, you know, some good, some bad. Unfortunately, they come up short, but like I said last week, right, these are the games that the Bears could win and they could lose. Unfortunately, today, they lost. Gaines, takeaways. I'm just here so I don't get fined. <laughs> <laughs> Bears Nation, thank you guys for joining us. Um, let this be an indicator. This is why we're here. Um, win, lose, or draw, as tough as it is to talk about, we're going to be here with you guys every Sunday. And um, honestly, I can just echo everything Danny just said. But it's just, it kind of just sucks. My personal reaction, John, it kind of sucks. I just feel like this coaching staff will have players a little bit more prepared for situations like this, um, especially seeing how, how the Giants look inept to um to block the pass rush on Monday Night Football last week. You would have thought we would have took more advantage of it. We just, they just, Daniel Jones was like five for nine with like 60 yards in like the whole first quarter to the second, almost to the, almost to the halftime. And they just made us look like fools. Um, following for the bootleg, um, it was rather disappointing. Kind of took the wind out of me a little bit. And then um, I was happy to see Justin look like I at this point I was I was looking for grit, attitude. Show me you want to be here. Show me that you stopped commanding this thing. And I was actually happy a little bit about Justin, um, the way he wanted to turn his hips and let the ball loose a little bit. But then um, I wanted was Justin not just going to take the sack, but still trying to go downfield. But my instant reaction is. Was it the coaches, John, or Danny, or did the players just not respond? Because I was looking for, like, I'm like, do we really have to wait until halftime to stop the bootleg? 
like, come on, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, they did eventually uh, adjust to it, and Brisker, obviously, we saw I made a good play on that bootleg, but I think this is a frustrating game because you're always looking for that one big positive takeaway, and I'm not exactly sure what that is out of this game. If you just look over the box score, Justin Fields 11 for 22 for 165 yards. Uh, Khalil Herbert ran the ball 19 times for 77 yards. I guess you could say Mooney kind of came on the map a little bit with four catches for 94 yards. But uh, Danny, you're right. Those, I mean, yeah, it's great that Badgley is able to kick four field goals, but also it's kind of crappy. They Badgley had to kick four field goals because you're hoping that at least two of those are able to be turned into touchdowns. And that's a big, uh, that's a big difference in the game. Uh, and then you look for progress with some of your, your younger players. And once again, uh, Kyler Gordon had a rough go of it. Uh, Brisker for was out of position a few times, but made some nice plays. Uh, Valus Jones, who we were hoping to see with the ball in his hands, the one time we get a real nice chance to see that, he, he fumbles the ball away. Uh, and so, once again, you see just a, just a really stagnant offense. And when the defense isn't making plays, uh, then then this is what you're going to see. And what one of the things that I didn't like hearing was that uh, Moose Johnson said it on the broadcast. He's like, Bears fans, this is what you're going to see for the whole year. I think he was trying to say this is the style they're going to play all year. But as a Bears fan, you're like, this is what I have to watch every week now. And so uh, whenever the schedule gets a little bit tougher and they're not playing the Giants and they're not playing the Texans, and, you know, they got the Jets and the and the Falcons still to come on the schedule, and they're probably going to get the Patriots without Mac Jones. But still, it's going to look worse sometimes. It's going to look worse than this at stages in, in the in the game uh, or throughout the season. So, uh, Danny, a lot of people harping on the play calling, but there were drops. Well, you talked about the Pettis drop. The, there was um, uh, that improv play where uh, Justin Fields kind of scrolled toward, uh, scrambled towards the sideline, kind of dumped it off the end, dropped by Westgirl. It was a tight yeah, end. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, is it play calling or is it just a lot of ineptitude at some of the position players? And, and I mean, I don't think play calling was 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 the the big deal here today. In my opinion, at least. I mean, I I would do. I am surprised. I'm with I'm with Gaines there in terms of. I thought the Bears would be able to run the ball on these guys today. Unfortunately, they, they didn't run. I mean, uh, Herbert only had 19 carries of 77 yards. So I, I thought I was for sure he'd see him over 100 yards carries. But uh, uh, you know, for me, it, it was it was some missed opportunities. We talked about Pettis. You talked about there with West uh, West Coast dropping that that would have been a first down. So the opportunity to go ahead and continue to get, get that get, you know, get that ball down the field and make some big plays and hopefully put some points on the board. Uh, but for me, it, it was the opportunities in the red zone, right? You know, four times you get down there, uh, might have even been five times, uh, but but you, you convert only four field goals, right? So this this is where you got to convert those into touchdowns. You get those you get those touchdowns there, and now you know now you're talking about a different ball game. So you know, in terms of the play calling, if you want to kind of go back and say maybe they got a little more conservative once they got into their red zone. I, I could probably, you know, see that either way as well. But, you know, the offensive line guys, you know, let, let's let's not forget about these guys. You know, inside, I know Lucas Patrick took over for Whitehair when he left the game. I mean, he had a he had a rough game in terms of pass protection. You know, he's pretty solid in terms of run blocking, but but interior that that pass blocking interior uh, is is really is really you know is, is rough. And then you know a couple of times those those uh, those interior blitzes where the where the um, the Giants brought two linebackers and they kind of played a stunt in the game. They looped them around. You know, it looks like the, the blocking was a little confused there. I wasn't sure who they were going to pick up. Uh, a couple times they let you know, one of the defenders come scot-free at Justin Fields. And again, I think he was sacked five or six times today. So again, another game in which we see a, a multiple number of sacks given up by the Bears offensive line. So now some of them 
very well could be I look at all 22 some of them very well could have been on Justin not getting rid of the footballs you know but it look, looks like a lot of them just were just bad pass protection especially when those blitzes were coming up the middle of the field and, that, and, that, and this is something we talked about last week real, real quick when you're kind of previewing this game versus the Giants so Wink Martindale is known to be a very aggressive defensive coordinator and that's what I was worried about in terms of you know what kind of pressure what kind of you know what kind of schemes would he run against Justin just kind of confuse him and the offensive line and the you know the pass pros, so it got to him six times today. So that that's that's something we have to look again. Something we got to keep talking about every single week is the pass protection, um, and something that, that needs to be shored up. Gaines, what was your biggest disappointment in this game? There's a lot to choose from, but uh, what uh, what stood out to you to something that you really thought was going to work out and just kind of fell flat? Honestly, John, it was outside contained. I mean, as a defensive player, I mean, it's like that's the one thing you don't give up. If they're going to run on you, they're going to run on you. But it just made those bootlegs look a lot worse. I mean, we just couldn't find the ball. Looks like we might have some connectivity issues there with Gaines. So I'll be hoping to get him back. But his point is well taken. That outside contain was pretty bad. And that and that run defense continues to be porous, especially against uh, an elite running back like Saquon Barkley today. They they At one point, they didn't have an active quarterback or a functioning quarterback, and they were still moving the football. Uh, so to, the fact of the matter is that, that you almost knew what was coming, and you still couldn't do anything about it. Uh Games, you're back in uh, a little bit more about uh, your disappointment with some of that contain. My, my connection feels the same way about the containment. It's running <laughs> away. It's just running away. But John, is this like? But, but the deep with these with the gap presence. I mean, we couldn't find the ball. I mean, we see. I mean, I understand he's a rookie, but like Brisker and then even some of our outside linebackers, just like at the when in doubt, be outside. That's like football. I'm trying not to get mad because it's over. They got paid anyway, but I'm kind of pissed, man, because I was like, yo, bro, guy, what are you doing? What are you doing? This was a winnable game. Once again, the Bears pissed down their legs when we had a chance to actually just, you got to win ugly. And we've been, we've been winning ugly. So this was like tailor made for us. And so, but the number one thing I'm disappointed with, John, is the outside contain. I feel like we could have blasted um, Jones a lot. Yeah, and there's a lot to look over this, and especially I'm, I'm trying to look at this holistically because I, I'm trying not to get too angry about a game against the Giants in a year where the Bears really don't have high aspirations. They're really they're not going to make the playoffs, so I'm trying not to get too riled up about this. I'll probably be more pissed off tomorrow, but in the moment, I'm trying to be a little more holistic when I look at this. And this was a, this was a frustrating game because, like I said before, you're trying to figure out where the big steps forward are. You're trying to figure out where the big uh, where, where most of the progress was made today against a bad team. The Giants are not going to the playoffs. The Giants are not winning the division. They're not they're going to be very close with the Bears as far as record wise, probably for the rest of the season. Uh, so you're trying to figure out this is against a team that is very similar in talent. And so what do you take out of this game? I'm trying to find a bright spot. I'm trying to find I'm trying to find something to take out of this where it's just like this is part of the rebuild. This is part of what we see whenever you're rebuilding a franchise. Okay, we saw flashes there. Some nothing's jumping out to me. Danny, is there anything that's jumping out to you to say Bears fans can at least take this with? I hate moral victories, but is there anything you can take out of this? Well, this might be called a stretch by you guys, but I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna try and get something positive going here. So at least second half they came back and they made the adjustments and they did a better job of in terms of containing that that those rollouts and they they played a better brand of defense in terms of you know a little setting a harder edge on the run defense. So 
I give them a little bit uh, credit there. Second half adjustment for this coaching staff. And then for me, again, uh, you know, I think Justin made some nice throws today. Those downfield throws to a couple to Mooney and some other plays he made, and you know, in the pocket, I, I like though that that's progress. Um, like I said, they had some sustained uh, success on terms of drives getting into the red zone. Unfortunately, they just couldn't finish. So I, I do like that progress. But yeah, I mean, in terms of you know, what's frustrating is like they could have won this game, and with, with a, a player here or there, they they should have won this game. And that, but that's the thing we're gonna have to deal with with this Bears team, right? We talked about it every week. You can go into a game where you say, all right, they could beat you know, team X, or they could lose to team X. And it's just a matter of, you know, they don't have the offensive firepower to be able to, to, to have a bad series or, or bad half and come back from it easily. Right. Like for example, the, the Eagles today were down 14, nothing to the Jacksonville Jaguars and, and they were able to, you know, wither that storm and come back and win that, win that ball game. So, you know, that they don't have that type of firepower, that type of offensive talent. Um, so, so, you know, that's the thing is like, you have to be kind of playing and at, at all gears at all cylinders, you know, from, from the, start of the game toward all the way towards the end of the game. And again, you know, I, I know he's a rookie and, and, you know, his first game today, but, but is Vailis Jones a, a good option back there as, as a punt returner and a crucial point in the, in the football game, you know, Pettis might not be, you know, the, the greatest punt returner, but at least he, he's a guy back there who'll catch the ball and secure it. And, you know, could the bears gone down and scored who hell knows, but at least gives yourself a chance, you know, to, to offensively have at least one legitimate shot. So, you know, you can kind of pick and choose here and there, but, uh, in terms of just uh, answering your question, John, offensively, there are some progress in terms of making some some plays down the field. Not enough, not nearly enough. Uh, still, I saw a lot of bad things there, but but there's there some progress. And defensively, at least they you know they saw what we saw in the first half, and they're embarrassed with what they were putting out there on the field. Made some adjustments in terms of that that edge defense uh, in the second half. And other than that, man, it's it's again those might be stretches, but I mean, there's nothing really positive here. No one really kind of stood out in you know in terms of an individual player. No one really kind of popped and said, "All right, here I, I've arrived," you know, so on and so forth. So um, that, that that those are the only things I can see as as positives. You got any stretches of positivity, Gaines? Because we're we're looking for anything. You got do you got anything? I was before the show started. I'm like Tyler, what was positive I could talk about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I, the number one thing is obviously experience, obviously game tape, and then I think it's this realization. I, I made some bets early on in the season. It's a rebuild. I, I like it because at the, at the end of the day, you just got to have peace with where we're truly at. You can't move forward until you know where you're at. And it's going to take time. I mean, we, we, we have some rookies in key positions. We have some young guys in key positions. And that's the difference is experience. You watch Andy Dalton, who hasn't started a game since he left Chicago, and go against the Vikings, and he almost pulled that game off lead, throwing the ball to multiple receivers. Andy Dalton just steps right in. But then again, John, you see Cooper Rush throwing passes. And so he's like, yo, why can't we do that? I know every situation is different, but I'm getting sick of the side of the coach saying every little part has to be perfect to do something so simple, which is complete multiple passes, which is why, Danny, I agree with you. It was cool to see Justin throw some passes. It was cool to see Darnell Mooney get aggressive, go get the ball. You shouldn't have to be 10 yards completely wide open to get a catch. And so I... The only, that's the only bright spot is that it's that we got our butts kicked, that it's him, and at least one thing next year, we won't have to look for another head coach. So it is what it is. Sometimes getting your butt kicked is good for you. Yeah, I, I, I'm keep, I keep trying to separate myself because maybe maybe my, my 
I'm, I'm surprised my anger uh, energy isn't as high as it normally is, but it's just not. And I'm trying to figure out why. And, and, and am I coming to acceptance that it's hard in the moment, whenever you're watching the bears play and they lose, you're angry when they lose. And you're like, we should have had that game, but I'm, but for some reason, I think I'm, I'm, I'm coming to grips with what this season is going to be. And it, it's much as it sucks because you, you don't want to have to wait until September of 2023 to have hope about your team competing. But I I mean, let's let's face it. This team was never going anywhere. Uh, they're, 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 they were never going to be a, a true playoff contender. This team, the roster as it's constructed, as uh, the players are putting on the field right now, are not going to compete for anything in 2022. So we can retain some of that hope for 2023. But these are the ones that you want to win. You want to beat the Giants, who are at least on the same level as you. Whenever you, whenever they play the Falcons later on, you want to you want to beat those teams. You want to be able to beat the Jets when they have them coming up. You want to be able, if they are playing the Patriots without Mac Jones, you want to be able to win that game. So when it, that this is one of those ones where it's just like you're, I'm irritated because it's like that should have been a win. Does it does it keep right. them out of the? Is it the deciding factor of keeping them out of the playoffs? Absolutely not. But this is one of those games where it's just. They should have won this game. They could. They had. They had opportunities to win this game, and, and they. They didn't. They didn't win. And I'm just. I'm going through all the the checklist. Okay, they didn't win. Okay, whatever. Didn't see a lot of progress offensively. Okay, uh, defense looked lost for a little bit. Okay, that's no good. What the hell are we taking out of this game then? Like what? What? What exactly? Uh, what are you? What are you getting on the bus with to take home with you? And I'm still. I still can't find anything. Danny, hopefully you find something on the tape throughout the week because I, I, I sure as hell can't see, see anything just watching the broadcast and then coming on and doing this show. Uh, so let's let's talk about uh, Justin Fields a little bit more. He, they, they, they threw the ball you know, 22 times in this game. Uh, they did have some down the field attempts. They did connect with, they did connect with Mooney down the field. 11 for 22 for 165 yards. Zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's, I mean, by the standard of the NFL, it's pretty blah, but for mm-hmm. Justin Fields stat line, it's, it's one of the better ones. So uh, what did they, did they do anything different today or did they just let him uncork it a few more times, Danny? I, from, from the looks of it, again, not looking at, not having seen the old 22s. It just looked like they just gave him more opportunities to get, get the ball down in football field. And I think just, you know, and I think Justin has to get to the point where now he's going to have to start trusting guys, right? Like that, on that, that third of Pettis, third and six Pettis wasn't, it was a great release, great, you know, in terms of getting off the line of scrimmage, he beat the corner. Um, and he had one-on-one coverage, and he just threw it up there, right? Throw it up there. Now, Pettis had the ball in his hands. That should have been a catch, a, a third-down conversion. Pettis drops the ball. But you got to keep going back to your players and, and give them shots. Basically, Justin has to learn. This ain't Ohio State anymore. These guys are not going to be five, six, seven yards wide open. You just throw it up to a guy. You got one-on-one coverage. Trust your guy. Put the ball on the spot where, you know, the guy can help him make a play. I think the, the, the little throw to the, to the uh, sideline there, uh, near the goal line to uh, St. Brown was another one where it was, it was a back shoulder throw. Uh, he threw it in a spot where only St. Brown could get to it. And unfortunately, the, the defender, uh, Moreau, made a great play to come across and, and and knock the ball away. But I think that was also, again, Justin, you know, Brown wasn't wide open, right? He had defenders in, in the area. But I think Justin realized he's got to throw it to a sideline, you know, allow the little back shoulder, allow Brown to make a play. Fortunately, the defender made a better play. But I think those are signs where I could see him kind of in trust, trusting his guys downfield. I, guys, I, I just kind of looking at Justin real quick here. It's like, you know, he still just doesn't pull a trigger on the throws. I talked about that, that play to commit in the in the flat in the first half. Just pull the throw. Just throw it. I know your feet weren't set. I know it wasn't perfect in terms of mechanics. 
but you got to get the ball to to the to the to the player there in, in the open field, and maybe he breaks a tackle, maybe it's a touchdown. Who knows? But you know, and then there's place there's times where again he just kind of steps back, back foot hits, and he does not release the ball. A either he's he's like going one read, and then he's not trusting his protection, and he's just you know dropping his eyes from the from his um, his progression and taking off, or just trying to move around and buy some time. You know, so that, that to me tells me that he's probably just kind of a little, little bit of shell shocked here a little bit. I mean, I don't know. That's I'm guessing right now. But mm. again, just one, two, three looks like he looks at his first progression. It's not there. Drops his eyes from his rest of his progression. Just going to just kind of just create stuff on his own, whether it's to, you know, run out, uh, buy some time or just to tuck the ball and go. So that's not the Justin Fields that obviously you want to see in terms of his growth process. Right. You want to be able to see him sit back in the pocket go through a full field progression. Um, you know, if he sees something that you know, right away, if his protection sucks, if he sees coverage, find your check down guy, find him, release him. If he's not there, get rid of the football. You know, that's what he's going to have to go through. So we saw some positives, but again, we saw some, again, some of the stuff that has been kind of hindering him these first three, four weeks. Gaines, I, that kind of led into my question for you. Do you, do you think that be, is it a lack of protection or a lack of weapons that it could be forcing Justin Fields to get a little gun shy, to get a little hesitant, to not just unleash the throw when he sees it? Do you think that he could potentially be, because of his surroundings, be playing scared or he's just, uh, or he's just not making the right reads? What are you seeing? Uh, John, in my opinion, I feel like he's still just trying to be a great student. He's he's trying to be a good guy. He's trying to listen to his coaches. That's what he says every day in a press conference. And um, I believe, and it's a learning curve. I mean, what the what the fans want, we want to see something extraordinary. We want highlights. And and truth be told, I mean, when you think about the Mahomes and all these other guys, they play outside the playbook. Something's breaking down, and then they make something happen. Well, we have a quarterback who's with the first time head coach, and he's literally just trying to, you get me this play, I'm going to do it the best of my ability. John, you said something that I actually thought about during the game. I thought he was playing scared. <laughs> Until, and as soon as I thought about it, he ran the ball. He, he ran the ball for a first time. Like, All right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Just like, just show me that you're that guy. Because I'm not saying, I'm not trying to bring up QB controversy and everything, John. I'm just like, when the Bears are ready, will Justin be here? And I don't want to start nothing. I'm not giving up on the kid. I like the kid. He has great. I want him to be successful here. But it's like Daniel Jones, the New York media market, they might be thinking he might be a stopgap for them. That's New York media. For me, Daniel Jones was picked high overall a couple years ago. They've been waiting for him to deliver for some time. But for us, I just feel like we're still learning altogether. It's like a clean slate. If we truly take this approach, Danny, like this is his rookie year then that's what we got. We got to keep that mindset and let him grow. But like, man, like if we, if, out of those five, seven sacks, it was two of those sacks where I'm like, you see the blitz coming. Where's the hot route? Go to the hot route. Why did he throw to the hot route? Like if that's what, when somebody blitzes, somebody's open. <laughs> so like, why aren't you throwing to the open guy? And so that, that's what I thought about John. Yeah. I, and I think that I to to your point, I don't think they're going to give up on Justin Fields after this season. I just don't I just can't possibly no, see that not. as a as a scenario at all, specifically because of what they put around him this year. They said, OK, go go make a championship team with uh, with Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet and just yeah, go go win a Super Bowl. Uh, so, no, I think that they're that you can't even begin to think about that until, you know, 2023, depending on what they put around him. But the well, you shouldn't, John. Well, you shouldn't. Like you, you should, you shouldn't fire a coach at ten and six and take you to the playoffs either. 
Well, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do those things. You're talking about Lovey Smith, I assume. That thing was done. That thing was done. I, but, 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 but put a play on this. Yeah, you, Johnny, you're right. You shouldn't get rid of Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I and I don't think that I don't think this regime looks like that's going to be incredibly patient because they didn't throw a lot of band aids on the roster this year and see if they could throw together a nine and eight record to squeak into the playoffs and then been being cap hell. Uh, so I, I think that this is this is an ultra patient regime with GM and head coach, and I think there's a very long leash uh, with this GM and this head coach. So they are going to play the long game now. Clearly. You want your quarterback to be able to take steps forward, and he does not have – he's not flush with weapons. He, do, he, doesn't, he doesn't have the Patrick Mahomes situation where he's going to sit behind Alex Smith, have Andy Reid as the head coach, and have Tyreek Hill, and I believe Kareem Hunt was there, and uh, uh, Kelsey and all those other guys. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields was not afforded that luxury. Uh, so he's going, to, he's going to have to go through this kind of an up-and-down year with questionable weapons. And then – after this offseason, when they are flush with cash and cap room and they have will most likely have some pretty high draft picks, we'll see what they surround him with. And then year three can be a judge year. That can yep. be a year where it's just like, is he getting it done? Is this is this the guy? Uh, yep. And But you also can't have him running for his life and the pass protection can't be this bad. And you got to have some reliable weapons that can go uh-huh. up and make contested catches. So um, I, I think that the Bears organization knew exactly what this year was going to be like. Um, maybe they didn't anticipate that Justin would be running for his life, but but John, they're not and they're not saying it. I think it, we would feel better about it if they actually own that press conference. Every oh. time you bring a rebuild, every time you bring a rebuild, they're going to say no. We're, this is not a rebuild. We're going to compete. I, I don't I think they want to say that. They, they want to sell. You don't say that. <laughs> I mean, I've been, you, you know, other guys in the in the football in the locker room. To, if you can't tell them that they're just kind of basically punting on the season, right? You you, you can't tell. No, them there's a rebuild. No, there's a difference. There's a difference between punting on a season and and actually just saying. Hey, this is where we're at. I mean, this is what you saw the Lions do. This is what you saw the Eagles do two years ago. The Eagles, they actually said this two years ago. Hey, give us two years and we'll be competing at a higher level. Buffalo, Sean McDermott. This is what Sean McDermott said in its open conference. Yeah, but I I also think you can't go, like, you you can't really, you have to be very careful because you have guys that are on the Bears team right now who are long in the tooth and they don't care about a rebuild or they might right. not be part of this team next year. Uh, exactly. So guys like, uh, like Robert Quinn, that's the first mm-hmm. name that popped in my mind. Cause he's a little, he's a little older. You can't, you can't be like, we're playing for 2023 because the guy that's in there who might not be there in 2023 is going to completely just shut down. Then right. if the team says we're not invested in you this year, then why the hell should I be invested in 2023 when I might not be here? So right. I, I think that you got to play that political game a little bit where you got to, pander to the guys who were have been there and they're wanting to win and they could they could potentially be playing for another contract with another team next year uh and also fully recognize that this is not a team that's going to compete for a playoff spot so there's a little bit of go back and forth there uh but i think that we finally i mean not finally but we know as fans we may overreact sometimes to it or we may get pissed off about it or we maybe get angry about it but i don't think that there was any misconceptions about we were going to that the bears were going to compete for a super bowl this year i don't think that there was any i don't think anyone thought that you can you can pretend and say that i expect my team to win every game you don't you honest you honest to god don't so just so let's just actually be realistic for once and say that we knew that this was what the bear we the bears did not have much of hope about playoffs or anything else like that what we're focused on is progression. And I think mm-hmm. that's the irritating part is we're not exactly seeing in, I mean, we're talking about four games. It's the first quarter of the season for God's sakes, but in games one through four, 
we're not seeing Justin Fields throw it for 300 yards and, you know, three touchdowns, maybe three picks. I think fans were expecting them to just let Justin Fields loose and toss it for 45 uh, times a game. And maybe he throws three picks, but maybe he throws three uh, or three touchdowns in the process. And that's just not what their game plan is because they're trying to keep it close enough that they can maybe squeak out some of these games against bad teams. Um, But that's certainly not going to work against Minnesota next week. Uh, Danny, is is maybe next week where we see a little more of an open concept because I can't imagine this. Well, maybe it's not because maybe they're going to try to keep it as close as they possibly can against a good team. So the, the, uh, this is their formula, so, John. This yeah. this is and Tyler. This and guys, the fans. This is their formula. This is how they're going to be competitive and stay in these games. Is play sound defense, right? Uh, uh, and and run the ball and and keep this keep it a one or two you know score game here so they can maybe a, a play on special teams a play on defense or, or maybe you know a, a, a play by Justin Fields can come and get them you know a victory or, or you know nudge them ahead on the, on the final scoreboard there but like this was a game today like like I totally felt like the Bears needed to score on, on defense in order to win and here's Matt Eberflus hopefully the Bears audio is better this week yeah, how do you get better at that? Just defending the boots team throughout, whether it's in practice, is it more reps? What is it that you're no, doing? No, it's just execution. It really is. It's just execution. You know, when you're you're dealing with uh, the out-of-the-pocket movement passes, um, it's just execution by the defense and, you know, us coaching it up better. On Justin's fumble, I, I imagine that's a play, given all the things you preach, that's really going to bother you flying out of here. What, what was your vantage point on that? Yeah, I would just say, you know, uh, you know, I'd have to look at the tape. You know, I'd be guessing. Uh, my vantage point was that it, I saw it was a fumble. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know exactly what happened on a, on that play. I have to go back and look at it for sure. You satisfied with the, the level of chase from your other guys to go get the loose ball there? Um, yeah, I have to, like I said, I have to look at it. Coach, you talk about uh, the first half, you guys gap integrity, but the second half seemed like, you know, you guys was concentrated on Sequoia, was enabled, uh, you know, that Jones to get on the outside. Right. How do you fix that going forward? Yeah, I think it's just about consistency. You know, uh, we're, we're guys are in the, in the scheme, and we just have to be consistent all the way through the game. And, uh, you know, that's going to be something we're going to preach this week and uh, do a better job of because apparently we're doing some good things in the second half. Obviously, we've all, we've all said that. But uh, we have to play 60 minutes, you know, uh, in this league. And, again, like we said, we had a chance to tie it at the end. You know, so we, we were excited about having that opportunity for sure. What's your evaluation of Justin in the past game today? Like I said, I, I thought it improved. I thought it improved. I thought he. I thought he had a lot of you know. You know, that's a blitz team. We were playing a blitz team, so I thought he handled that relatively well. Um, but I, like I said, I, I love the way he was throwing the ball down the field. That's going to open up some more things for us. Yeah, we talk about your standards of play and hits and everything like that. Yeah. How do you evaluate whether guys are not uh, giving the effort they need to give, or whether certain players just are limited and they're not able to play? Um, you know, I have to look at the tape. You know, we're going to obviously focus on, you know, the effort, you know, the intensity, you know, that, you know, us taking care of the ball, you know, in every aspect of it. And obviously we had to do a better job of that today. I think we came out even, you know, we, they got one on special teams. We got one on special teams. We got one on defense. They got one on defense and, you know, they capitalized on the one. So um, that's basically the game right there. Uh, but we have to do a better job with that because we want to be on the plus side of that, you know, and then to answer your question, I would just say we have to go back and look at every play. We got to take methodical, take every play, and say hey, how, how can we improve on the principle. Do you see that the offense is it, it hasn't played well, but do you see that it is headed the right way? And if you think that, then why? Yeah, I do. I do think that, and and I see positivity there in the passing game. I think we ran the ball relatively well today, but I do I do see progression during practice, and I saw progress today. 
you know, and it was it was uh, that's a defense that has a lot of pressure, and we still got the ball down the field, which was which was a positive to me. Like now, I think you went three and out three times. I think you went four and out once. Um, how? What do you need to do to get out of that rut? It seems like you guys have fallen into periods of time like that a couple of times. Yeah, I think a lot of times, and I have to go back and look at it, but to me, it's about first down efficiency. You know, when you have first down efficiency and you're doing a great job on first down, it puts you ahead of the sticks. That way, a second down, hey, I got another first down. I don't even get in third down. Uh, but when you have a penalty, I know we had one of the uh, holding penalty on one of them, which pushed them first and 20. Um, that always hurts you. It's just, it's just hard to dig out of that. It just really is. And uh, you know, we've done a solid job with that, but it's, when that happens, it's always hard. Do you have a sense for what fundamentally got away from Bayless on that punt return and, and I, I don't, I don't, I know there was wind up there, you know, it's swirling around a little bit because of, you know, the rain bands and all that, uh, you know, but it, it comes down to being under the football. Okay. Squeezing your elbows. Okay. And then tucking it, to, you know, high tucking it. So, um, yeah, I'd have to go back and look and see exactly what happened. When you do the, the decision to punt, you defended it in your opening statement. Do you yeah. view that as successful given that you guys then forced the punt out of that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was great. I, I, to me, that was, that was, we, we banged the timeouts when we were supposed to. We let the other one go because we had a two-minute. We were going to get the ball above two-minute with a timeout at midfield because, um, you know, the, I believe the punter outkicked the coverage a little bit. We had Bayless Jones back there. I mean, we were we had great blocking. There was a wide space uh, for us to be able to return that ball to midfield and now got a drive there to be able to score, like I said, and tie with the two-point. With Cody Whiter, you guys ruled him out very quickly. Is that an ACL or what's going on with him? Yeah, it's you know it's a knee right now, so we're gonna go back and look at it, and we'll we'll assess that, and we'll get that to you as soon as we got it. You're third and three at the five. You get a one yard run from Berglund's fourth and two at the four, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the thought process and the conversation that goes on about whether to go forward or whether to keep up? Yeah, those are all all numbers that we have going into the game. So you know, if we were gonna go, we were gonna go, and if we were gonna kick it, we we're gonna kick it. You always gotta look at the score. You know, you gotta look at the time of the game. And the score, and that's a constant conversation that I'm having up upstairs and with Getsy the whole time. You know, when he's going, when he's not going. A lot of those times it doesn't work out. You know, I'm saying, hey, we're going on fourth and inches. Hey, we're going on fourth and three or better or less. That's all happening during the course of the game. And a lot of times, sometimes that happens. And sometimes we don't get to that situation. We end up punting. But a lot of times when teams run on that third down situation, it's usually because they've decided to no doubt, no doubt. When you're in that quad zone, there, that's no doubt. That's that's exactly what you're getting there, and, and te teams that do that across the league. And how, how have you been splitting your time between offense and defense? And is that something you're going to change now because of how the offense is struggling? Uh, no, I've I've split my time pretty much equally. You know, I'm in the quarterback room a lot. I'm with the defense. I, you know, I do it kind of you know in a, a rhythm of the week. You know, where I spend a lot of time with each position. So I'm, I get the chance to spend time with each position uh, on the team. Is there anything that can be done to jumpstart an offense to take advantage of when you do get a takeaway and, and turn that opportunity into something? Because obviously the two today didn't really amount to much. Yeah, I mean, it's just about, you know, creating momentum. And it's all about getting chunk plays. You know, if you can create chunk plays, that's when you score. And that's that's what happens. You know, you look at any scoring drive in the NFL uh, this week, I guarantee it has some type of chunk play in there that scored. Very rarely you methodically go down the field not have an explosive play. You know, run a run a 16 or a pass a 20, however you want to define your explosives. But um, certainly that's a, a key to it. It's Justin seeing what you want him to see. It feels like he, he's both pulling it down and running a lot. And I'm curious from your perspective if that is appropriate or if he's doing the right thing. Yeah, I'd have to look at the tape and, and, and for 
you know, specific examples that you're talking about. If you're going to talk about a specific play, I have to look at that for sure. Thank you. Good. All right. Anyone else coming in? So that was head coach Matt Eberflus. Um, my immediate takeaway is we it only took about four four games before we get the dreaded. Uh, we got to go back and look at the tape response yeah. for almost everything. Whenever someone puts your feet to the fire on something, we got to go back and look at the tape. It, uh, we 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 are we are officially at that part of the year where someone pushes something on you. Got to look at the tape. Sorry, I got to look at the tape. Got to see the tape. Um, <clears throat> One thing that I thought was interesting was, and before I make this point, there was, a, I think uh, T. Rick made this comment about the announcer saying this is the kind of style that Bears fans wanted to see. And I agree. When I first heard that, I was like, I don't think this is what Bears fans want to see. I don't think Bears want the fans want to see, you know, run the ball and then be ultra conservative and then try to make defensive plays. That that worked, that worked you know, 40, 50 years ago. It's not going to work in 2022. But my point is, um, or my question was, and I'm going to send this to both of you, Fields is, uh, for one reason or another, whether it's, you know, the, no one's getting open or the pass protection is breaking down, he is taking off. Is there any fear that if he keeps doing that, because he did take some licks today, some of them late and some of them within the whistles, uh, is there any fear that this this kid could get hurt at some point if he keeps pulling down the ball uh, and running with it? Danny, I'll start with you and then Gaines jump in right after he's done. Yeah, definitely, for sure. I mean, you, you know, like, I don't know, whatever reason, when, when Fields goes down, Defenders just like taking shots at him, and 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 so today, again, uh, McFadden took a shot at him when he tried to, you know, he got a 15-yard penalty. But it's like, no, if it's not that, you know, it's gonna be he's gonna get an ankle rolled on, or he's, he's gonna get his knee twisted in a certain way. Yeah, I mean, it's not ideal that you don't want to see your quarterback taking hits all the time. Now, I do love him when things break down uh, to to be able to, you know, scamper and and get the first down with you know with his legs, and because that is a backbreaker for defense for defenders, especially if you know a third and you know third and six, third and seven, and you, you you cover him pretty damn well. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's guys running up the field on you for seven, eight yards. He's got a first down. But I want to see him either get down early where he doesn't get touched or just something run out of bounds after you secure the first down. Don't try and lower your shoulder, run anybody over. You're a quarterback. You know, you, you're not a running back. Let, let, let's go ahead and get that done too. So, but the other thing that, that worries me, John, is, is I don't want it to retard his progress, right? I want him to be able to get back there and go through a progression for whatever reason, like touch on a little bit earlier. Whether it's the, the lack of faith in his pass pro, especially in the on the inside, or if it's you know the fact that he doesn't think his receivers are going to get open on the outside, um, you know he, he's got to go through a progression. He's got to learn through go because what happens is he's he look look looks like at least from from what I'm, my vantage point, he's going through his one maybe two reads and then he does it just like he feels some pressure and he's leaving the pocket, either trying to you know make a play with, on his own or he's trying to buy some time. And but sometimes when he when he rolls out to buy some time, it just then that you know. Kind of puts the offensive you know, lineman, the blocker, the tackle, or whatnot, in a you know in a bad predicament because then the defender can go ahead and just kind of release and, and release the, the or shut the blocker and get to field. So you know it, it's it's a catch twenty two, if you will. You want him to kind of be able to you know extend plays and make plays with his feet, but also you want him to kind of stay also within the uh, confines of the offense as well. So I think that's why these coaching staff is trying to harp on him. You know, make plays from the pocket, make plays from the pocket, stay there. But I think you know my fear is I, I think the pass pro, all the hits. You know, we're just we just we kind of harp on a number of sacks, but guys, the knockdowns, the hits that are not sacks, you know, those hurt too. 
right? And, you know, I think those are might be catching up to him. And I think he's just one, two, bam, and, he, and he's trying to make things on his own. And I think that's what's going to slow down his, his progression. Until he starts trusting his offensive line and his blocking, and maybe just start throwing a ball up there. You know, you're going to throw interceptions. Peyton Manning threw 26 interceptions, 27 interceptions as a rookie, right? So you're going to throw interceptions if you're trying to make plays, especially if you have guys on the outside who are not really playmakers. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, other than Mooney or Rayless Jones, every other receiver on this roster either has been cut or released by uh, by the previous team. So that's the thing. It's like you know you you don't have the talent out there. You know you, you're asked to make plays. Uh, it's it's just you, sometimes you might have to take like the easy play as opposed to just trying to make things on your own. So and just don't all lose your confidence and and, and stay stay on the um, you know stay on attack here, at Justin Fields. John, to answer your question. Um, it's it's fo- it's football. I mean, you, you're in the most important position on offense. Um, please be safe. I mean, with all the safety protocols, we know what these what those hits can do to you long term, post your NFL career. But then in game, I mean, Lamar Jackson. I'm just this, this is a guy I'm I'm, I'm treat to somebody who's probably, who's probably about to reset the QB market. Play play to your strengths. When you play scared, that's actually how you get hurt. When you play scared. And so today, I saw his pocket presence was kind of better. He actually did his little Russell Wilson spin around, and, and that was actually kind of cool to see. And it's just not instead of just taking a hit. So I don't, I don't. I, when reporters question why is he running, like, bro, be quiet. What are you talking about? He's not getting sacked. Hell yeah, run the ball. What are you talking about? He moved the chains today. And even though we were on third downs, I think we completed like three or four, maybe three for sure and longs, which was really refreshing to see. And some of those came off the grid of the quarterback. We don't question um, some of these marquee guys when they do it. I'm not going to question Justin. We want him to develop. He has to, he's getting like just end time game awareness. And that's only going to come from, Ayo, you got to get dirty. Yeah. And I, I understand that you shouldn't be scared to run the ball. My, my concern would be, are you looking to run the ball while there could be somebody 50 mm-hmm. yards down the field wide open? And right. I, I, I think that there, although I think it was, I think it was the first half when he converted on that third and 10. And obviously you just want to keep the chains moving. Uh, and, the, and I think that if there was another half second to be had there, Darnell Mooney might've been open down the middle of the field. Uh, right. And then it keeps him from taking a hit. I'm not, I think Justin Fields absolutely should run the ball because if you, if you have that God given speed, you should be using it. I don't think we should be saying that Justin Fields needs to be a, you know, a pocket passer and just stay in there and hang tough. Absolutely. He should use his legs. Um, what I just don't want to see is he's under so much pressure all the time that he just puts his head down and just takes off and runs. And, and right. like Danny said, stunts that growth to, uh, continue to scan the field whenever things are breaking down. But when things are breaking down as often as they are, it's it's not it's not as easy to uh, as you know, much easier said uh, than done. Uh, is that is that something that you can kick out of somebody, uh, Danny? If this is a guy who's just uh, if, if it's a one back, because I think the biggest fear right now is if he's running for his life and the pass protection's bad and people aren't getting open, that he's going to be wrecked by the time they actually get some help around him in 2023, is this something that they can, he can work out of once as things, you know, as reinforcements come in, I guess. That's my biggest concern, John, is, is not, not to wreck this kid's confidence, not to wreck this kid's aggressiveness. Right. And the one thing uh, that that play right there, you touched on, and again, the all 22 will give us, give us a better idea, but it looks like if he had just stayed in, I know, I know he converted into a first down, but if he just stayed in that pocket, maybe a split second, two seconds, you can see Darnell Mooney on that post, See him coming down right open and with no one around him in the middle of the field. So if he stays on his read, that's what I'm talking about. He sees one, two, bam, and he, and he drops his read. He doesn't pro- go through his full progression. And then he looks to either bail 
or, or make something on his own. And that's what I don't want him to get into a habit of. And I think that's what the coaching staff is trying to do in terms of just making him a pocket passer. And we're not trying to tell him not to use your legs or because like, like I said, John, that is a added element that you want to have in that quarterback. That is today's NFL quarterback. We just want him to kind of not, you know, give up on a play real quick. Have, again, it's, it's easier said than done, right? Easier said to sit there, have confidence in an offensive line that you keep getting battered behind every time. And I think that's what the, my problem is right now is, is let's try and secure that middle of that offensive line as, as best as we can, because man, because that pressure in his face, that's kind of, he has, he has no chance. And I think that is leading to some of this, one, two, read, bam, out of there. Let's get, let's run for my life here. And I think that's what's kind of bogging down this passing attack. You know, I think, again, the weapons on the outside, you kind of limit it there. We all know that. that that's a, we're going to kind of be hashing the story, but it's like when there are open guys downfield, I think he's bailed on those plays a little bit too, on that, on that read or that progression a little bit too early because of the, the coverage or, or the pressure he's feeling up front. So the quicker they can secure, especially that interior off the offensive line, give him a little bit of a security blanket in that pocket. I think he kind of sits in there a little bit longer and now he goes through it or goes through his progressions. And again, if you see one-on-one coverage, you read it post-snap, you see one-on-one or, or pre-snap, you see one-on-one coverage and then post-snap is, it develops that way. Throw it up to your guy. Let's see what happens. Let, let them make a play. You know, St. Brown 6-4, you know, Pettis dropped one today, but you know what? Give him a shot, go up there and make another play. You never know what's going to happen. We've seen Mooney, you know, make sensational you know, plays, go up and, and battle for the football. You're just going to have to trust your guys. You may throw picks or you may not. But, you know, at this point, you're limited offensively. You're behind a, a, a spotty, weak offensive line. You know, you got to make plays. And, and just talking and running every time is going to get you hurt sooner or later. So just let's just throw it up there and see what happens, in, in my opinion. To, just to follow up on that real quick, Danny, if, if Cody Whitehair is hurt for a considerable amount of time, do you do they go sign someone or they just elevate someone off the practice squad? Or what? Uh, what is the what does the offensive line look like? If Cody Whitehair, who we, we haven't really thought – we've talked about Tevin Jenkins and Lucas, Lucas Patrick and what's happening with center, with Mustafer and how those things could be moved around a little bit. If Cody Whitehair is out for an extended amount of time, then what happens? Right. Well, well, today we saw Lucas Patrick get in there and, and, and play left guard once Whitehair went down. And and you know what, guys? I, I know um, it's, it's something that may, maybe it might be a, a better thing to do, put him in, put him in left guard, Patrick. Uh, and, and let Tevin Jenkins kind of, you know, swing a swim at, at right guard. Now, if we continue to see uh, Jenkins, I think I like the way he comes off the football as a run blocker, right? I think I like the way this offensive line comes off the football as a run as run blocking unit. But it's like that pass pro, it's, it's got to get better. So if Jenkins is not going to cut cut it there at right right guard, uh, you know, bring in Schofield. We have the veteran Schofield sign out. You know, he's, he's in there today. Um, and maybe you have to kick in Riley Reef. I know he's your swing tackle right now, but maybe you have to kick him in either at, at guard, right, or, or left guard. So, I think Patrick will get the first shot. Uh, he uh, Flew said it, it was a knee uh, when he, he initially kind of let it slip. I think he said it was an ACL. So we don't know if it's a torn ACL, if it's a you know if it's just a sprained ACL. We'll see what the, the results come back with. But if he's off for a prolonged or, or for the season, then I, I think they're, they're going to give Patrick that that shot at, at left guard first, and then they got guys like Michael Schofield and um, and, and maybe bring up a guy from the practice squad. Tyler, what about uh, Cole Komet? Because this is a guy that that that, that had obviously pretty high. A lot of hype, I should say, coming out of camp. And today, you know, he, he was targeted uh, quite a few times. He, he had three catches for 16 yards. Is this the guy? Oh, before we before we go to that, let's go to Justin Fields, who actually who is talking to the media right now. Yeah, the first one, um, you know, just the one-on-one matchup with uh, Mooney. Thought the line did a great job protecting on that. And then um, uh, the second one, uh, I thought the DM was going to go out and match Cole, so that's why I kind of tried to tuck it in. But next time, I'll just, you know, Outside and back outside. 
Justin, where were you going to go on the, the play where you fumbled? Where, where were your eyes on that one? And what were you hoping would come up in there? Uh, EQ was coming across. Uh, yeah. I think that was going to be a big play. Uh, we would head up a little bit longer, but, um, you know, it uh, happens. And, you know, I think this is just a line for the lesson if you don't, or a lesson for the O line if you don't hear a whistle blown. I don't know if it's incomplete. Of course, the, the guys thought it was incomplete, so you really can't blame them on that. But um, yeah, just just playing the whole play out, and I was just gonna hit EQ. Your was your side couldn't tell from Can you pinpoint what some of the issues were that were stopping you guys up in the red zone? Uh, a lot of stuff. You know, I think the main thing was just execution. Um, you know, of course, every you know, red zone uh, drive is different, but uh, you know. You know, I felt like we did a good job driving the ball, getting to the red zone, but you know, I think we just got to capitalize and get down there and uh, score seven. Do you think the pass game took a step today, even if it wasn't as big of a step as you wanted to I think it did. Um, you know, of course, there's always room to improve, but I, I, I definitely think it did. What's lacking the most right now in the passing game from your vantage point? Um, I think we just got to be more consistent, you know. Whether it's me, whether it's the O line, whether it's the receivers, you know, some some plays where, you know, all on the same page, we're all executing great, and then you know some plays we aren't. So, the biggest thing with that is just you know consistency. Just like I said, it was consistent sometimes. Like there were some plays where I was just you know hanging out back there. I mean, nobody was around me. So um, you know, I think the guys did a good job on some plays, and you know there were other plays where they could have been a little bit better. And then you know also me with with some of the. Protection adjustment. I, I could have done that better, and um, you know, just just as a whole, we could have been better. How do you feel physically? We saw you limp off halftime after you took a hit, and then on the on the gadget play there at the very end, it looks like they got a pretty good shot. Huh? Yeah, I feel better than last week, so I'm, I'm solid. Are you conscious of the fact that you can only probably take so much of that over the course of the season? Yeah, for sure. I think I've done a good job compared to last year, taking away less hits. I mean, my body feels way better than you know after the games last year, for sure. Even, it's not necessarily up to you. I mean, even you can make good decisions and still get hit. Yeah, I mean, that's football at the end of the day. I mean, you're going to get hit, so it is what it is. So do you feel like you, you have to do a better job avoiding hits or no? Like when? Uh, and scrambling, sliding. I mean, third down. I mean, uh, to be honest with you, uh, I got to do the first down. Like, it's football. Uh, you know, the first down, you know, be smart. Uh, try to not to take as many hits. And then, of course, when you get sat, you can't control that. But, um, yeah, third downs. Um, I'm gonna do all I can to protect the ball. You know, try to go get the first down, uh, whether it's me getting hit or whatever, and then first and second down for sure. Uh, just being smart, not taking hits. Uh, that was Justin Fields uh, at the podium. Uh, obviously, incredibly happy to talk with the media there. <laughs> so, uh, I like the one of the comments was that he needs an anger translator. <laughs> so, um, some quick. Take- I don't like that. I don't like that answer though. I mean, I, I understand what he's. Coming from in terms of if it's third down, I'm gonna do whatever I can to get the first down. Okay, I, I understand. I, I I get that. You got the warrior mentality, what not. But dude, you need to protect yourself. I mean, you're you're the you're the, you're the future of this franchise. You know, uh, you need to be smart about it, right? You know, if if you need to get out of bounds real quick or, or stretch a ball out in the sidelines and just just make sure you don't get you know take on a linebacker. I think that's that's what I would prefer to see him do. I don't want him to see him lower his shoulder and take on linebackers or anything like that. Gaines, what did you take out of uh, out of Justin Fields talking there? Um, uh, he's very direct. You can tell that he hates to lose, and even more hates talking to the media once they lose. So, what do you what do you take out of that? Um, I'm, I'm I'm very happy. I don't have a soft quarterback. Um, I, I'm I'm happy that he's that he's angry about losing. That shows Jay Cutler. You can never tell. 
<laughs> if he cared or not. And so um, with 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 Justin right there, he has a warrior. It, that's that's what that's what's up. I, re, I respect that, and I think Chicago is going to respect that. He says it's third down. What do you mean? I got to get the first down. And so that's what you want. Kids dream of playing in the NFL. They dream of making millions of dollars, and that is a sacrifice that comes with that. And so he's like, I'm going to go get this first down. Please be smart. Slide. I mean, there's so many rules in place um, to protect the quarterback. And um, I think he, he, he's going to make a, a good case for himself going forward as he as he leads that going forward. And then um, and then even after that, just sliding. Yeah, he, he's not going head first, and but he, he's not soft. I'm down with that. That's what's up. That's that's what we need here in Chicago. Somebody who's going to get the first down. He's trying to win games. And if he would have said something opposite, I would have an issue with it. Now, and I I can respect his willingness to try to keep moving the change and try, keep trying to win. And so, I mean that that's the mentality you want in your quarterback. And I, I hope that that mentality will eventually progress into they're able to turn that into something special. I think that's what all Bears fans want. I think all Bears fans want a consistent, stable offense that can uh, that can probably come back and win if they're down fourteen points, or they can put up. 35 points if, if, if they need to. So um, we'll see. I mean, I, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's tough to just say that this, uh, you know, this A, B and C are going to happen. I think you have to let the season play out because you have to look at this thing as a whole, rather than just saying, Oh, look what they did against the giants in week four, or look what they did against the Niners in week one. I, I don't, I think you have to look at this as a whole and we're not there yet. And I know we're impatient. We want to get there. I'm impatient. I, I, I want as many answers as I can, but we're probably not going to get them, uh, right now, uh, and even even short term answers like who's who's going to play offensive guard uh, whenever whenever if and when um, uh, depending on what Cody Whitehair's injuries are. Danny, I kind of cut you short on that, but what are, what are some of the more of the possibilities there at uh, at guard? Yeah, just kind of look at the Bears depth chart, and, and there's a, there's a name that that you know kind of made a you know pre before the season it was uh, kind of put out there where the Bears made a claim on him, and it's that's Alex Leatherworth. I, I know he was dealing with a non football related injury. Uh, it's put on IR. I believe he's going to be back eligible week five. So keep an eye on that guy. If, you know, if they kind of work him in at right guard, see what what, what goes there with him. I know they they initially started him off a right tackle. So maybe they swing Borm inside. There's a couple possibilities there as well. And the other guy to keep an eye on is guys. They made a claim and signed him to the practice squad. Is this, this rookie uh, Kellen Beach from uh, Arizona State? He's a six seven athletic offensive lineman. Uh, played left tackle, played right tackle, Arizona State. But uh, but his his future is inside a guard, and he's another athletic kid that you know he might get elevated from the practice squad. He could probably come in come in and help fill in the void. You know, if if you finally determine that that. Patrick is, is going to be a center and, and I uh, got to hope he's a better center than a guard because so far I haven't been really impressed with Lucas Patrick in terms of his play at guard, but uh, you know, hopefully it comes in and, and if he solidifies center and then we get, you know, one, and if I uh, just assuming again, white hair is gone for the season or, or a prolonged injury, you know, bring one of these you know younger kids, or if you get the, the, the veteran Schofield in there as well to kind of help hopefully solidify that interior. Again, that interior for me is, is, is right now is getting, getting pushed over, um, you know, in terms of pass protection, right? They're, they're they're just really allowing guys a lot of leaks in there coming in. Um, we saw today with with the Giants running those you know those stunts with their linebackers, those, those dog blitzes, and they're getting twice they got you know scot free. No one touched the linebacker and got straight to Justin Fields. So you know, <clears throat> protect that interior of the offensive line. Hopefully, give Justin the confidence to go ahead and stick in there a little bit longer, go through his progressions, and then we start making some plays down the football field. And that's when we're going to start seeing progress because you know. And I know defenses usually come around quicker than offenses, but I mean, this defense is, you know, other than that atrocious first half where they just couldn't, for some reason, set the, set the edge on, on, on the running game there. 
you know, they, they, they rebounded. They had, they gave us an opportunity to win this game. And if we get anything in terms of a passing attack, anything, any some competency in a passing attack, passing game, I think this team is, is, is going to be, you know, very, very more, much more competitive than I think any three of us, you know, oh, well, I, I should take it back besides what, what Tyler had, these guys going, you know, winning the division title and everything like that. So <laughs> they have, they'd be more competitive than what John and I uh, thought right. for initially. So. Well, I'm glad you said that because Gaines, I want to bring you back on before we start wrapping things up here. Uh, tell me why the Bears can beat the Vikings next week because I need someone to pump me up, man. I need I need some positivity here. I mean, because they lost to the Colts, right? Well, yeah. if we're gonna <laughs> deductive reasoning, but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying they lost to the Colts, the same Colts that tied to the Houston Texans, and so, um, but the same reason why Andy Dalton almost beat them today. I mean, with the full French. And so that was without, without having Camaro. Why are we going to be, I, John, I can't, I, I can't pull anything out, bro. I don't know. The Vikings are, the Vikings are relentless. They're relentless in the pass rush. Their DBs are hella physical and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to come off the ground, like ready to run block. And they have a three headed monster in the backfield. And, um, and, and Adam Thielen, we're going to, it's, it's going to be a good exercise for our DBs. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, the Vikings, uh, they pull out that win against the Saints in London today. They beat the they beat the Lions only by four uh, the week before. They blew, uh, they got smoked by the Eagles uh, the week before that. And then, of course, they laid it on the Packers in week one. So they're, they're a little up and down as well. But there's, I mean, whenever you're putting them side by side, it's obvious who has uh, more talent on their roster. The Vikings have aspirations of going to the playoffs. Uh, if there was ever a time where I wanted the Bears to play in primetime, it would be against the against Kirk Cousins. But unfortunately, they're not going to be playing. Uh, on, they're not going to be playing on uh, primetime. So. I don't want to keep recycling the same things over and over again. We appreciate everybody that's in the chat room bringing their uh, bringing their questions and comments, but we know what this is. So let's just start going around and wrapping things up, and then we can start doing some of the tape analysis and breaking down the next game and do what we do best here in the Barroom Network throughout the week. So uh, let's go around. Uh, Gaines, let's start with you, and then we'll go to Danny, and then I'll take us home. Uh, final thoughts and uh, things that things that are cooking. Um, final thoughts, Bears Nation. Have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. Um, we'll be, I'm actually just finished in the middle of the moving process, so part of the background and everything. Next week, I will actually be going at a leadership conference um, in St. Louis, Missouri, in the same stadium that the Rams used to play in. I'll be in a room with about 20,000 entrepreneurs, even some millionaire thought processes. So I will be going, but please come in because the guys will be holding it down. And um, besides that, I'm just looking for us to get better. Um, every week is a winnable game. And so we just, I'm looking to see, I trust my coaches. And so that's where my faith is at in this thing. Um, this is definitely feels better than last year. John, thank God for no word soup. At least Matt Evers is going to, is going to be transparent with us. And I'm riding down with my coaches for the time being. And then um, besides that, got some exciting things coming up, but just stay tuned on the Barroom Network. Danny? Yeah, as, as far as, you know, final thoughts for me, I mean, again, this was, we touched on it, an ugly, ugly game. They, they could have gone either way. They, they could have won this game just as easy as they, as they lost this game. Now, next week, it, this is going to be a, a team that could put up some points on you. The Vikings can put some points on you. Uh, and this is where, John, we talked about it earlier, like that this is where the Bears may need fields and, and, and the passing attack to put some, you know, counter balance that and put some points on the, on the board. So can they do that? 
I, I didn't feel confident they, they, they were going to score today, to be honest with you, even though they, they got some, we saw some positive in terms of getting the, the ball down the field, sustaining some drives. But unfortunately, when they got into the red zone, they converted only field goals. So, you know, if, if they improve there, uh, put some touchdowns instead of field goals there, trade those off, I think then you, you can see. But, but the one thing with the Vikings, though, they have those two guys at the edge, Zadarius Smith and then Danielle Hunter coming off the edge as well. I think what you do with, with this with this team or how you attack them is you just run the ball, run the ball like they've been doing now and, and just kind of work off of that. And I've been saying this for five weeks now, it's just play action, you know, play action, build your passing game off of the play action. Um, you know, we got to see what, how uh, Cody Whitehair comes back in terms of, is he out? Is he going to play? Uh, is he going to play at less than hundred percent? You got to, sec- again, secure the inside of the offensive line and, and give Justin some, some protection there, make some plays down the field. So, um, you know, it, it, going into this game, it's, it's, it's going to look, you know, doesn't look too good for the Bears in terms of them being able to come back out. But, you know, they've surprised us before. So defensively, you know, Kirk Cousins will give you the opportunity to make the play on the football, you know, get some turnovers going there. You know, if you keep it close and then just one or two big plays from the passing attack, I think you can then pull out a victory out of Minnesota. But, you know, just kind of heading in there, it's, it, it does look like a, it might be a, might be a L coming here. But, uh, you know, never know. We'll see. All right, guys. My final thoughts are, you know, <laughs> Rebuilds are hard, man. Uh, rebuilds are hard on the players. They're hard on the fans. They're hard on broadcasters. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'm sorry to a lot of our listeners and, and viewers today. Normally, I am the hellfire and brimstone energy trying to bellow out. But you know what? When, you, when you're watching this team and you know what they are and you know what the aspirations are and you know that you really can't be uh, super pumped for this team until potentially next September, it, it's, it's hard to just scream and yell and anger and goes, yeah we're frustrated i'm frustrated i'm pissed that they lost but it's it, it's it's i can't i'm trying to not let myself get overreactive to it i'm trying to not you know, put my mental health at, at risk because you know they they lost to the giants in week four neither one of those teams neither one of those teams are going anywhere uh so it's it's tough on everyone to have to watch a year that I believe was necessary. I'm not saying they should have just threw a bunch of patchwork things together and maybe try to squeak into that seventh seed like they did a couple years ago and then get, you know, blown out in the first round. I don't want that. I want a, I want a solid, consistent franchise, which I think we've been asking for for the better part of 40 years now. But this is a necessary yet really sucky situation for the Chicago Bears because it's a t- it's going to be a tough season to watch. It's a tough style to watch. Um, so it's 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 uh, it kind of drains your energy a little bit. But we're going to try to keep that energy up right here on the Barroom Network. The programming galore throughout the entire week. Buffon 55 will be back on Wednesday to break down that Vikings game. We'll have somebody that covers the Minnesota Vikings to talk about what could be some of the weaknesses that the Bears could attack and potentially take advantage of and maybe pull up. Uh, a fantastic upset next week. So we'll see. We'll start being a little more positive as the week goes on. But uh, that will do it for this edition of Bear Football. Danny, final thought that you want to I, jump in? I did have a question for you, John. And, and, yeah. I, and I feel you in terms of the the kind of like the the uh, the letdown in, in terms of – but see, for me, this whole season was about Justin Fields and this offense mm-hmm. progressing, right? So the question for you is, would you feel this way if Justin Fields is throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns in a game where the Bears are still losing? Oh, or is because it's because you're not seeing the progress being made there, and the fact that they're they're losing is that what's really kind of the double whammy for you? Because for me, it's all about Justin Fields. Yeah, yeah. You're. I mean, if you're gonna, if I'm gonna be a 100 honest, if the Bears were, you know, one and three, 
uh, but Justin Fields was consistently throwing for 300 yards, I think we'd have we'd probably have a different demeanor. Uh, and and I'm not saying that that's the right demeanor, but I'm thinking Bears fans and me me in particular, I can only speak for myself. But if Justin Fields was lighting it up and they're losing, you know, 35-32, or they're losing, uh, you know, you know, 29-24, and it's a shootout on a lot of these things we probably are having different conversations because you feel a lot better about the next 10 to 15 years at the quarterback position. Uh, whereas right now there's still a lot of questions and that's not all just because of Justin Fields play. That's obviously because of the things that are around him, whether it's the pass protection, the play calling or the, the, uh, the skill position players. Um, but yeah, if, if they were, if they were putting up a bunch of points and Justin Fields was slinging it all around, <laughs> I'd probably be feeling a lot different right now. Uh, right. But that, but that, that it is what it is. And we just have to, we we can't make it anything that it's not. So we gotta we gotta keep we gotta keep watching and uh, analyzing and just keep digesting this season. And like I said, look at it holistically. And for all of you people that cannot get enough Bears content, make sure you tune into the Barroom Network. Basically, every single day we got Bears content for you. So that will do it for Bear Football. Thank you for joining us. Whether you're joining us through uh, YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, the video version, the audio version, the podcast version, however you are listening or watching us, we appreciate each and every one of you sticking it out with us throughout this Chicago Bears football season. For Tyler Gaines Ellis and Danny Shimon, I'm John Buffone. We'll see you next time.